This is an AMI podcast. I'm Dave Brown, and this is a podcast version of AMI's Morning Show, now with Dave Brown. Catch the live broadcasts weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. We spend a lot of time talking about affordable housing and accessible housing on this show. Why? Because it's really, really important. Well, today let's highlight a group that's trying to address that issue. Accessibility reporter Megan Gilmore recently visited Whitehorse in the Yukon, and she had a chance to learn about a new condominium corporation that is providing homes for people with disabilities. And Megan's here to talk about it. Hey, good morning, Megan. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm well. Always nice to catch up with you. Let's start here. What is Opportunities Yukon and what is this new building the organization has helped build? So Opportunities Yukon is a not-for-profit that provides services for individuals across the territory who have different disabilities. They were known as Challenge Yukon up until this past April. So they're also going through a larger kind of rebranding as well. And a few months ago, they moved to a new building in downtown Whitehorse that um, does many things. So they moved their offices for the first time in their history. But the building also provides a place for them to give both employment and housing for individuals that they serve in one place. So Opportunities Yukon has been involved in various employment and housing endeavors uh, throughout its history. But now they've taken some of those and put them all in one location. And who are the individuals who can live in this building? Sure. So the building is um, is a mixed-use uh, building that has both commercial and residential space. So in the residential space, there are 45 one-bedroom apartments uh, with single occupancy. And of those 45, nine of them are barrier-free. Also, of the 45, 21 units come with 24-hour government uh, support for people with disabilities. Uh, So within that, obviously, that's for individuals with disabilities, but the Opportunities Yukon has different partnerships with various organizations throughout the territory. So in specific, they have a partnership with an organization called Blood Ties, which works specifically for individuals who have HIV or hepatitis C or... um, are involved with the drug or substance use. And then they have a partnership with an organization called FASI, which is the Fetal Alcohol Syndrome Support um, Organization for the Yukon, um, which is really, really important there. Um, And then as well, besides the 45 um, apartments, there's also eight penthouses at the top of the building, which are being sold at market value, which means that the building is also run as a condom corporation. Uh, sorry, yeah, condo corp. That's it, right? Um, which makes it unique in Canada. So there's an interview process that you have to go through if you want to join this building, so that people understand this isn't your quote-unquote typical apartment building. We're expecting everybody to work together to get to know each other, and you're likely going to have. If you have a disability, you're likely going to have a neighbor who doesn't have a disability. If you don't have a disability, you likely have a neighbor who does. And we're expecting everybody to work together and build relationships. Megan, you mentioned that there are a lot of partnerships there. What are some mm-hmm. of the disability supports that people are going to have access to? Sure. So 
Some individuals may have their own uh, support set up with different organizations, but uh, some of the other ones that are being provided by the Yukon government would be things like daily living support, um, support with conflict resolution, support with like finances, and even just having staff there available to talk to individuals. Um, some people who are have moved into these buildings have never lived on their own. They've never had an independent place to call their own. So they're adjusting to uh, life in a condo court, which is quite different than living in a shelter or in a hotel mm -hmm. or in a tiny home. So uh, things like that. There's also a meeting space on the first floor, and they're hoping to eventually use that as a place to provide uh, spaces for things like Alcoholics Anonymous or different sexual health clinics, things like that, that will be open to members of the community as well. You were on the ground, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. in Whitehorse. You had a chance to tour a couple of the units. What were they like? So it's, uh, it's you think of your like typical single bedroom, open concept, uh, dining room, kitchen type thing. But I toured both an accessible unit and a general unit. Um, and each unit has like this... Uh, pretty much the same layout, same amenities. Uh, but when somebody moves in, they uh, each tenant is provided with a, like, a new mattress and a welcome box with some starter cleaning supplies to help them get started. But they also put, staff put like a ribbon on the door. They kind of like wrap it up like a gift. And then there's a ribbon cutting ceremony for each tenant as they move in. Uh, so for the accessible units, particularly what makes them unique is they have ensuite laundry. Everybody else. Oh, heck yeah. Yes, I know, right? Everybody else has, like, there's a laundry room on each floor. But if you're in an accessible unit, your um, your laundry is ensuite. So that kind of changes a bit of the layout in, in those apartments in terms of where you put, like, storage space and stuff like that. But the countertops are all lower, which as a... Um, a, a, a vertically challenged person, as somebody who's shorter, I really appreciate that. Um, and the freezer is at the bottom of the fridge instead of um, at the top. The microwave spot is a little lower, things like that. And then obviously the, the washroom is fully accessible. And then each unit also has a balcony. Um, so an uh, interesting tidbit about Whitehorse is there's currently right now very strict limits on how high buildings can be. If it's only five or six stories, that's the highest you're going to get in the city and uh, so each unit has a balcony because of where it's located and we'll get to this later it's great views of the city uh and uh, the yukon yukoners are very proud of obviously of the natural environment of the territory so the building is the color scheme of it is meant to reflect the territory so each um, each balcony is painted this bright pink color. There's also like door storage room doors in the basement that are bright pink. That's to invoke a uh, fireweed, which is the territory's flower. You'll see fireweed everywhere um, in the summer. And then it's a basic like white walls to represent snow, black trim to represent mountains, that sort of thing. You mentioned the location. Why is that important? Okay, so to give a sense of how Whitehorse is laid off geographically, it's a very unique city. Um, it is a downtown core and then a bunch of neighborhoods outlying, outlying it. And this building is located in the downtown at Main and 7th. So uh, Main Street and 7th Avenue right at the corner there. Uh, the way the city works is you have the Yukon River that runs through the middle um, and the downtown is right there, right along part of the river. And everything in downtown is a grid. 
So 7th Avenue is the last of the number streets in the downtown core. So this building is right at the end of downtown. When I was getting the directions of where to find it, um, I used to live in Whitehurst a number of years ago. And I heard, I heard it was at 7th. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I never go to 7th Avenue. Like, what are you, like, where is this place? Like, this is like at the end of the world. Um, so it's right at the end of, right at the back corner of downtown. And that's important because there's not as many residential units there. So the neighbors of this building would be a park. There, there's a park there with like a dog park and like a um, like a campfire type area. And there's like a church nearby, but there's not as many um, like apartment buildings or residential buildings. So that so there's less neighbors, and that's actually really helpful, especially if you're people who are experiencing anxiety moving over here um, or just wanting to get away from some of their previous neighbors, um, that's really important. But because it's also at the end of Main Street, which as the name implies is one of the main streets, um, it's close enough to main amenities. So shopping, um, restaurants, closer to the waterfront, closer to bus stops. And downtown is a very walkable area of Whitehorse. Literally everything you need is probably within a five, 10 minute walk of each other. Um, so if you don't have access to a vehicle, you're you're set up very well for that. But I was talking to Jillian Hardy, who's the executive director of Opportunities Yukon, and she'd say, you know, she's seeing a lot of people, they go for walks together. They're like, hey, you know, I'm heading down Main Street. Do you want to come with me? Um, so they're also building that community while also having some privacy there. Let's talk about a couple of the tenants. Who is yep. Brady? So Brady uh, is 31 and he moved in at the very beginning. He's one of the original tenants and he uh, moved in partly because he was living in a trailer. Um, He's very precariously housed uh, before this. Um, there'd been a relationship change and he, he lost his home. Uh, Brady has FASE and he's been involved with Opportunities Yukon for six years. And one of the ways that he's really been involved with the organization is uh, Opportunities Yukon runs a social enterprise uh, catering ca- company and cafe called Bridges Cafe, which is moving into this uh, cornerstone community building where the housing is. So Brady, like a lot of people, is most looking forward to having his work be right below him. Because uh, it will be on the first floor of the building, and he just lives a couple floors up. But uh, for him, this has provided a stable housing and gotten him um, off of a precarious housing situation. And Jason Gallant moved in shortly after Brady. What's his story? Right. So Jason um, is one of the individuals who was supported or is supported by Blood Ties Yukon, so an organization that works with individuals um, who are involved with. Uh, uh, substance use or, or HIV, Hep C positive. Um, and he was living in one of their like tiny homes. Blood Ties Yukon has a lot of little tiny homes throughout the city that are transitional housing. And then he found out that he had been offered this place at Cornerstone, which would be permanent housing. So he, um, Jason did a really great job of explaining some of the conflicting emotions that come with that move. Because while he's very grateful to be at his own apartment to have a stable place off the streets away from uh, friends who may be encouraging him to go 
back to certain um, substance abuses. Uh, there's some anxiety around this, right? Because now instead of having all your furniture provided for you in a little tiny home, you have to provide it for yourself in a larger apartment. And then there's also this guilt that comes with having your own stable place and knowing so many people who don't. But what he's found helpful is the support of the staff who just allowed him to talk and have also been there for him um, after he, um, so uh, Jason um, sustained a bit of an injury a few weeks ago after, uh, after some drinking and staff encouraged him to go to the hospital and get help. And he did that. And that's been a big emphasis of this community. When you talk to Jillian Hardy, who's the executive director, she'll talk about how we're teaching people how to respond when something happens. And we're not going to, like, if you get angry or something happens and you punch a hole in your wall, for example, Jason didn't do this, but somebody might, um, we're not going to kick you out right away. We're going to teach you, like, how do you respond to this? You know, she talked about, like, if, if you're, if you want to do rehab, if you want to do treatment, we're going to support you. If you're not ready to start treatment or rehab, we're going to make sure that you're safe. Um, but there's this attitude of we're going to work with you when problems arise and not just throw you back out because something got difficult. Megan, what are the plans for the future of this accessible there, units, this accessible and affordable housing units? Yeah, so there is a waiting list of 150 people. For these units, they've had to stop the waiting list because it was too much for a small not-for-profit to handle. So there's obviously a desire to have more housing like this. Opportunities Yukon does run more residential facilities for various groups, but there's more. There's an appetite for more uh, units like this. They may be increasing the number of units specifically for people with disabilities who need 24-hour support. And they're hoping to expand across the territory, uh, probably or possibly starting in the next two largest cities in the Yukon, which are, which are Watson Lake and Dawson City. And then they want more community involvement. That they Their hope is that you know, this building is called Cornerstone for a reason, that it becomes a place where Whitehorse as a city can come together and build relationships. So there's the community barbecues planned, different events to get people who live in the building interacting with those who don't and vice versa. Yeah, hopefully it becomes a test case. There's really something, yeah. uh, there's really something yeah. uh at play here. There, there seems to be some really good ideas at its foundation. So hopefully uh, lots of success in expanding the project around the province, or around the territory. Uh, Megan, we got to get out of here, but thank you for this. Welcome back. Thank you. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.